MSW Media. Thanks to Athletic Greens for supporting the Daily Beans. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And thanks to MedKline for supporting the Daily Beans. If you suffer from shoulder pain or nighttime acid reflux or both, then MedKline is right for you. Get 20% off and a better night's sleep today at medkline.com slash dailybeans. And finally, thanks to Aura Frames for supporting the Daily Beans. Aura Frames makes digital picture frames designed to easily fill your home with photos of family and friends shared instantly from an app. From now through Black Friday and Cyber Monday, you can get up to $50 off Aura's best-selling Carver Matte Frames by going to AuraFrames.com slash Daily Beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, November 23rd, 2022. Today, Trump lawyers go head to head with the Solicitor General's office in front of the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals in the documents case. The Supreme Court has ruled in favor of the House Ways and Means Committee getting Trump's taxes. Lindsey Graham has testified before the Fulton County Special Grand Jury. President Biden has postponed student loan repayments for another six months, and Joel Greenberg rips into the Department of Justice over their sentencing recommendation. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hello. Happy Thanksgiving Eve, my friend. To you as well. So much to be thankful for. And you, you are an American treasure, my friend. And being on the show with you has been a delight and all of our listeners. So I just want to say that I am grateful and thankful for that as this holiday approaches. I am also thankful on this. We do Friendsgiving, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm thankful for you. I mean, all of the gazillion dollars you've raised for the human rights campaign, Warnock, all you know, the LGBTQ plus community. You are also a national treasure, my friend. Thank you. And I know that we would both like to acknowledge the Native American people that were here first. And a lot of there's some <laughs> controversy around this holiday, and I understand why. So please know that we honor you and your land and um we respect and see you every day, every day. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, because that is not how, that's not what I'm celebrating. Correct. The indigenous <laughs> people, we are not Yeah, We are just celebrating some family and food and friends. And we both are quite aware of the um, debate within this holiday. So just know that. Yes. And uh, 100%. Again, we do see you. I had a really great discussion about this online a few years back with Lakota Man, who's one of my favorite follows on Twitter. If you're not following him, you really should. He's got a great perspective on it, too. So thank you very much for that. And uh, there will be a show tomorrow on Thanksgiving, and there will be one on Friday. It's an interview with Elizabeth Cronice McLaughlin. She is the host of the Living Through It podcast and the author of the book Becoming Heroines. And dude, get this. Biden has just announced he is extending student loan repayment. You were going to have to start paying it back January 1st because Republicans are suing to block student debt relief because they hate you. But, you know, Biden was like, fine, fuck you then. I'm extending it to June 30th, at least, while they try to figure this out and litigate it in court. And the Biden administration is 100% certain they're going to win that battle. We shall see how it plays out. But a six-month pause on student debt repayment. Awesome. Merry Christmas. Thank you, POTUS. Happy holidays to all. (laughs) All right. We have a lot of news to get to. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. 
All right. So Trump lawyer Jim Trusty went head to head with a guy named Joshi, an incredible litigator from the Solicitor General's office at the Department of Justice, in oral arguments at the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals to argue the legality of Trump Judge Eileen Cannon's order that appointed the special master. And it was a bloodbath for Jim Trusty, Dana. I listened to the hearing live. I live tweeted it. And some of the standout moments include the fact that when the Solicitor General, the DOJ, presented their case to the judges, the only questions that the three-judge panel had for him were not about whether they would throw out Federalist Society weirdo Eileen Cannon's order appointing a special master, but how they would throw it out. (laughs) DOJ was asking them to reverse her order and remand further instructions. And the 11th Circuit was like, yeah, but shouldn't we just vacate it because of our jurisdiction in this matter? And they went back and forth a little bit. And the Department of Justice said, no, we feel reverse and remand is more appropriate, but we're totes fine if you just want to vacate the order, if that's your preference. So (laughs) that's how that went. Then when Jim Trustee got up, The judges asked what his argument could possibly be, since binding precedent requires the 11th Circuit to rule in favor of the Department of Justice since the first Ritchie factor wasn't met. Now, there are four Ritchie factors, Dana, and in the first appeal, the one for the classified documents, because this is the appeal for the unclassified documents that the special master has, but in that first appeal for the classified documents, Department of Justice said Donald didn't meet any of the four Ritchie factors. Now, Ritchie factors are four factors required to get your stuff back after a search and seizure before you're indicted. Now, the 11th Circuit came back in that case and said, hey, you don't even have to meet all four Ritchie factors because Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals precedent in a case called Chapman says the first Ritchie factor is dispositive, meaning it has to be met. The other three don't matter if you don't meet the first one. And the first Ritchie factor is that the plaintiff would have to show, Trump would have to show, the Department of Justice had callous disregard for his constitutional rights. But the Trump lawyers said there wasn't. They didn't even argue it. In fact, they agreed that there wasn't a callous disregard for his rights. And the judge, Judge Cannon, agreed. They were relying on other weird bullshit, like DOJ can't be trusted. Like, it made no sense. It was the worst argument ever. But because the 11th Circuit said that the Fifth Circuit ruling in Chapman that requires the first Ritchie factor must be met because that was precedent in the Fifth Circuit. And because the 11th Circuit came from the Fifth Circuit, it's like spun off of the Fifth Circuit. And because case law for the circuit you're in is binding, the judge asked, what is your argument then to Jim Trustee? If if there was no callous disregard for constitutional rights, What are you arguing? What are we doing here? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Trustee then began a whole new argument that perhaps the search wasn't lawful, the search at Mar-a-Lago, but gave no reasons, nor could he show irreparable harm or that he would win on the merits. And the judge then said, well, if you're not arguing that the search was unlawful, then what are we doing here? (laughs) I mean, they also told him not to call it a raid, which is beautiful. Yeah. Trustee called the search a raid. Uh, And one of the judges said, look, is that that's not the right term to be using. He's like, you're right. I'm sorry for using that bombastic language. And then he used it again later in the hearing and immediately apologized. Oh, sorry. That's right. You don't like raid. He sort of faded out, arguing that the Department of Justice can't be trusted and that the president is simultaneously special and not special. It was a shit show. And Trump got his ass handed to him. Dana, I would be surprised if they don't rule in favor of the Department of Justice by the holiday, by Thanksgiving, vacate the order, moot the special master, and order all non-classified documents back to Jack Smith, the special counsel. 
And something I want to mention about the special counsel really quick, there's a lot of speculation and concern on the internet right now that the GOP Congress could defund him. They cannot. Special counsel is not funded through congressional appropriation. Special counsel is funded by a permanent fund at the Treasury Department controlled by Merrick Garland. I know this because I did a whole fucking podcast about a special counsel investigation. (laughs) (laughs) I do have a source from Reuters. It'll be in the it'll be in the show notes. He's funded by that permanent fund. Marjorie Taylor Greene says, well, I'll just invoke the Holman rule, which allows Congress to defund specific people in the government. But the Dems removed that amendment in 2019, so that would require legislation, which would have to pass the Senate and be signed by Biden. So it ain't happening. Don't worry about special counsel being defunded. Even if they do the debt ceiling shutdown, special counsel is still funded. In fact, because special counsel is separately funded, appointing him actually protects the investigations from being defunded, which might have been part of the plan. And maybe Garland wasn't just waiting to see if Donald would announce a run for president to appoint a special counsel. Maybe he was waiting to see how the elections turned out before he decided. I think you're probably right. And to continue his terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day, the Supreme Court on Tuesday denied former President Donald Trump's efforts to block the release of his tax records to a congressional committee that has sought the information for years. The court's order means that the Treasury Department may quickly hand over six years of tax records from the Trump and some of his companies to the House Ways and Means Committee. Now, there are no recorded dissents in the court's order, which means it was (laughs) 9-0 in this. Now, lawmakers have said they need Trump's tax returns from this time in office to help evaluate the effectiveness of an annual presidential audit's. Okay, Trump has argued that Democratic lawmakers are on a fishing expedition. It's a witch hunt designed to embarrass him politically. Now, time is not on the side of Democrats, as we know who run the committee. The demands for the records will almost surely expire in January when Republicans take control of the House as a result of the recent midterm elections. The Supreme Court generally has been unreceptive to assertions from Trump, who is, again, as we know, running for president for her that he should be allowed to keep records private and that he was immune to investigation while in office. Well, the justices in 2020, they upheld Congress's right to subpoena that information as long as certain conditions were met. And last year, they declined to block the release of Trump's financial records to the New York state investigators. And remember, like I just said, the reason the House Ways and Means Committee wanted Trump's taxes was to review the effectiveness of the presidential tax return audit program. There's a very specific reason. Perhaps they could make a recommendation, maybe, to update the program and hand it over to the Senate for further steps before the Congress expires at the end of the calendar year. That would at least be something. And you had talked about this in depth on Twitter, about the things that could have happened with this. And it could be just nothing, but it does set precedent here. Yeah, that's that to me is the important part, that, that uh, a president's tax records are not immune from House Ways and Means Committee subpoenas. And that, I think, is very important going forward. Should any other, I don't know, crazy fucking presidential candidate decide they don't want to release their tax returns? We need to see those. And we need to know that that audit program is working because it clearly wasn't in Trump's case. And uh, yeah, I hope they can uh, get some either recommendations for legislation or read it into the record or hand it over to the Senate. I mean, it doesn't have to die. But, you know, we already pretty much know what's in these records, Dana, because we've read the New York Attorney General Tish James's lawsuit. She goes through them. We, The New York Times did that huge expose where they got tax returns going back 15 years. So I don't think there would be any surprises. 
Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens. It would be good to get uh, that legislation, that program fix that audits presidential candidates' taxes. And from the Daily Beast, the Florida lawyer who gave the feds a mountain of evidence documenting Matt Gates's alleged sex crimes says the Department of Justice, which has yet to prosecute the congressman, is like, quote, Nero fiddling away as Rome burns. This was a very weird filing, Dana. And it was court filing on Monday night, and the attorney representing Joel Greenberg went on a tear in response to the DOJ sentencing recommendations against Greenberg. The rare and aggressive move calls out the DOJ for trying to destroy the life of a local corrupt tax official who snitched on his buddies, (laughs) Joel Greenberg, but not pursuing a criminal case against a popular, rich Republican congressman who allegedly took part in the drugs and paid for sex with a teenager. They also argue it's not really sex trafficking a minor for Joel Greenberg because she was 17 and it's not fair that he'll be labeled a sex offender forever. Okay. Greenberg's defense lawyer, Fritz Scheller, ripped into the high-level public corruption prosecutors at DOJ headquarters, suggesting the case might be better handled locally. Greenberg gave federal law enforcement a ton of damning evidence on Gates. He sat for hours with them to answer questions about their rendezvous with girls, according to two sources with knowledge of those sessions. In Monday's court filing, Scheller openly questioned why DOJ was coming down so hard on Greenberg, but not the congressman, which is a fair question, right? Yeah. Noting that, that the feds have all the evidence they need. He criticized how prosecutors want to maximize Greenberg's time behind bars by citing deterrence while totally ignoring the politician. Quote, if the government is so concerned with general deterrence, then why hasn't it prosecuted the other individuals, including public figures who were also involved in these offenses? Indeed, he continued, Greenberg's plea agreement refers to the involvement of multiple co-conspirators, including individuals involved in his sex offense. The identification of these potential co-conspirators was not only provided by Greenberg and his numerous proffers, but also has been collaborated by other witnesses and records. Unfortunately, at the time of Greenberg's sentencing, many of these individuals have not been held to account. Perhaps the DOJ will appoint a special counsel to address those individuals that implicate broader national security concerns or national concerns. That was Greenberg's lawyer. The U.S. Attorney's Office for the Middle District of Florida is the only DOJ office to have brought multiple prosecutions based on Greenberg's cooperation. Perhaps the DOJ in Washington is still moving forward on its prosecutions. This is the lawyer. Perhaps the DOJ will return the prosecutions to the capable hands of the U.S. attorneys in the Middle District or the state of Florida. Perhaps the DOJ will appoint a special counsel to address those individuals. Perhaps the DOJ are master strategists far beyond the capabilities of the undersigned. Or perhaps the DOJ is like Nero fiddling away as Rome burns. That was a footnote, Dana. That's amazing. I'm so glad we didn't have to say this shit because we've all been thinking it. <laughs> now, Greenberg's lawyer also compared Greenberg to characters from Les Miserables and Dostoevsky's Crime and Punishment and also said that he, you know, he his he had ADHD as a kid and Adderall fucked him up and he has bipolar disorder and that made him do bad crimes and he considers himself like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. They also quoted that. And he also argued that this conviction would make it very hard for him in the future to vote or get a job or get a house or whatever. Bitch, please. I'm seriously. Like, oh, okay. Poor Joel Greenberg, Seminole County tax collector, white guy sex trafficker. We feel super bad for you. We do. And speaking of bitch, please, South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham on Tuesday appeared before a Georgia grand jury investigating efforts to overturn the 2020 election. Prosecutors in Fulton County who were investigating efforts by the former guy had and his allies to subvert the results of the 2020 election in the Peach State 
had long wanted to question Graham about calls he made to Georgia election officials after the presidential election, as well as his interactions with the Trump campaign itself. And that's according to those court documents. This is a quote. Today, Senator Graham appeared before the Fulton County Special Grand Jury for just over two hours and answered all questions. The senator feels he was treated with respect, professionalism, and courtesy. Out of respect for the grand jury process, he will not comment on the substance of the questions. And that was from his office specifically. Graham has fought for months to quash the subpoena. The Supreme Court ultimately declined to block the subpoena for the Republican senator's grand jury testimony. Well, the Fulton County Sheriff's Office confirmed Graham did arrive at the courthouse at 8 a.m. While Graham was ordered to appear for questioning, courts have left room for the senator to object to certain questions, which could have limited the scope of his testimony and responses. Graham had argued he should not have to comply with the subpoena because he is protected under the Constitution's speed or debate clause, which shields lawmakers from some criminal or civil proceedings related to their legislative duties. While the court ruled Graham could not be questioned about fact-finding he embarked on related to his decision to certify the 2020 election results. However, a federal appeals of courts noted that, quote, coordination with the Trump campaign regarding its post-election efforts in Georgia public statements regarding the 2020 election and efforts to cajole or exhort Georgia election officials did not constitute legislative activity. So that wasn't under the scope of your job, sir. After Graham's 2020 call to the Georgia Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger said he was under the impression that Graham was suggesting he should discard some ballots. And I believe it was specifically a very heavily black populated area that, you know, that uh, Graham Mm -hmm. thought he should discard those ballots. Now, former Trump White House lawyer Eric Hirschman was also summoned to testify Tuesday. And that's according to those court documents. However, it's unclear if he'll be appearing. Other witnesses have been able to negotiate privately to shift their subpoena dates or have challenged their subpoenas in court. Well, an attorney for Hirschman did not respond to CNN's request for comments, so we're not really sure what's going on behind the closed doors on that one. Yeah. Woo. 11th Circuit. SCOTUS. Fulton County DA. It was a really bad day for Trump, which makes Uh, me happy. I love it. When Trump has a bad day, we have a good one. Mm -hmm, Because it's a good day for the rule of law and democracy, not just personal schadenfreude, which also exists. It does indeed. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Speaking of good news, we'll be right back with it. Stick around. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. You know I've been taking Athletic Greens for like a year and a half now, and I started taking it because I wanted an optimized immune system and a healthy gut, and I wanted to get rid of my giant cabinet full of supplements and all the probiotics in my fridge and all the superfood powders on the top of my fridge. It's just so much. It takes up so much space, and it's so expensive. But just one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens. You get 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day. Athletic Greens contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals, no artificial anything, and it tastes amazing. That's why I take it when I go traveling, too. It's just that good, and it's important for me because, you know, it helps with all the things, aging, recovery, helps me with the clarity, it gets me better sleep. And we want to thank Athletic Greens for their support. They're offering a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. When you go to athleticgreens.com slash daily beans. And in 2020, Athletic Greens purchased carbon credits that support projects protecting old growth rainforests so you can be healthy and help the planet. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every morning. That's it. Easiest habit I've ever picked up. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. 
all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And I want to tell you uh, this amazing new product. It's called Aura. And I want you to guess how many photos you have on your phone right now. Because if you're like me, it's a lot. I have like 15,000 pictures on my friggin' phone. But what if you could easily put all your photos to use and share the memories with people you love? Well, now you can with Aura Frames. Aura Frames makes digital picture frames designed to easily and instantly fill your home with photos of family and friends and places you've been shared instantly from an app. There's a free unlimited storage thing, and you can invite as many people as you want to a frame. There's no hidden fees, no subscriptions. Aura frames make easy, meaningful holiday gifts, especially for the hard-to-shop people, because you can preload the thing with your favorite photos, which can be funny or awesome or amazing, and it even personalizes your video message. And there's no need to wrap it. It comes in a beautiful box ready to gift. Last year, it was a struggle to find gifts for family and friends, but this year, I have Aura frames, and my problem is solved. Best digital picture frame, named by Wirecutter, The Strategist, and more. Or as nothing like other digital frames from a decade ago, and every Aura frame is thoughtfully designed to fit any decor and style with a stunning HD display, unlimited storage, super sleek, they're beautiful, easy to set up, no fees, I'm telling you. Give yourself the gift of time and check off a few of those names on your list a little early. Because from now through Black Friday and Cyber Monday, you can get up to $50 off Aura's best-selling Carver Matte Frames. Just go to Aura, A-U-R-A, frames.com slash Daily Beans. That's Aura's lowest prices ever. So get yours now before they sell out. That's A-U-R-A, AuraFrames.com slash Daily Beans. Terms and conditions apply. And finally, if acid reflux is making it hard for you to sleep or you have shoulder pain because you're a side sleeper like me, well, there's a clinically proven solution that has brought pain relief and a better night's sleep to hundreds of thousands of people, including myself. It's not medication. It's not surgery. It's the MedKline sleep system, two systems that provide relief for acid reflux. So if you suffer from shoulder pain, nighttime acid reflux, or both, the MedKline patented pillow system is designed to cushion your body in a sleeping position that is so ultimately comfortable. As soon as I lay down on it, I instantly fell asleep. It's doctor-recommended, clinically proven to provide effective natural acid reflux or shoulder pain relief and a better night's sleep. As a matter of fact, 95% of patients reported overall sleep improvement when using MedKline. MedKline's shoulder relief system also helps those suffering from shoulder pain, rotator cuff injuries, arthritis, sleep issues, and much more. And MedKline's medical-grade gel-infused foam is built to last, and it provides cooling comfort. It's cooling, and it has an exceptional night's sleep for anyone that uses it. MedKline sleep systems are not simple foam wedges. They're true medical devices with this cool shoulder pocket. FDA-registered, doctor-recommended, clinically proven to provide relief. It's a life-changer. The patented arm pocket thing that I'm telling you about, it allows for comfortable side sleeping the entire night. And right now you can get 20% off when you go to medcline.com slash daily beans. That's 20% off and a better night's sleep today at medcline.com slash daily beans. Again, 20% off at medcline, M-E-D-C-L-I-N-E dot com slash daily beans. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, Halloween photos, holiday photos, a shout out for a loved one, a shout out to a small business in your area, uh, anything you want to send us, you can do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Uh, Dana, I'm going to kick us off with a correction. Thank you, please. Mm -hmm. The person who beat the shooter with the high heel was a trans woman, not a drag queen, as reported by the New York Times. 
And I think that's really important that we recognize that. And so, you know, I just want everyone to know the story we put out on yesterday's beans came from reporting from the Times. The Times has corrected it. And so are we, because I think that that is important and meaningful. And from Tucker, as someone who is alive today solely because of the support I got from members of the LGBTQ plus community like you, my heart broke over what happened in Colorado Springs. But there's some things that were missed in the reporting that are pretty important. And this is from Tucker. One is that it was a trans woman who stomped on the shooter with her high heels, not a drag queen. Another is that the police cuffed and stuffed Mr. Fierro, that's the army veteran who disarmed the shooter, and kept him from finding out the status of his family for an hour while the police tried to figure out if he was the shooter or not. He lost a family friend in the shooting, but everyone else he's close with survived. So Mr. Fierro owns a tap room. It's called Atrevita Beer Company, and they have merch for sale. If people want to give him a reward for that, we're going to have a link to his business in the show notes. And the Colorado Healing Fund, which is helping to pay for medical bills and funeral expenses, and a link to a spreadsheet for those in the area who might need mental health services in the wake of the tragedy. Also, check out Club Q's Facebook page for ways to help and donate. Tucker continues, additionally, the CSPD tried to pin gun charges on a mutual aid society, so they don't deserve that much praise for doing the bare minimum and giving recognition to those who died. Not to mention the fact that they ignored the red flag laws that would have kept this from happening in the first place. Tucker, thank you very much for filling in these gaps in this story. It's so important. Absolutely. This next one's from Walt, pronounce he him. While going through my monthly budget, I realized that the Daily Beans is my cheapest podcast, yet the one I listen to the most, being daily and all. So I sponsored a patron. While I'm here, I have messages for two people I'm sure listen to your show. (laughs) To Ted Cruz, gun control isn't about politics, it's about safety. Same message to those who send thoughts and prayers after the current mass shooting. And to Mitch McConnell, the American people didn't elect a 50-50 Senate. In the current lame duck Senate, almost 26 million more Americans voted for Democrats than Republicans. Total votes from the 2016, 2018, and 2020 elections. For pod pet tags, our late Chihuahua Boston Terrier mix Coco in a squirrel costume that even she seemed to realize was ridiculous. She never let us put it on her again. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's got it's got little hands, I think, holding an acorn. Hilarious! And the dog is like thousand yard stare. Yeah, that's incredible. And thank you for that, Walt. I appreciate that. Uh, next up, update from Sean or Harley from yesterday. And the what the mutt is German Shepherd, Ooh, Rhodesian Ridgeback, and Korean Jindo. I got Shepherd. I did not get the other two. I, I yeah, because I thought Dobie, right? Yeah. But it wasn't. Thank you for sending that in. We appreciate you. And Lisa, she, her, Miss Dorji is a one-year-old Shih Tzu Bichon mix called a teddy bear or Bishu for your viewing pleasure. Why are they putting the answers? I'm going to have to talk to the producers. Putting the answers to the what the mutt. (laughs) We don't get time to guess, but look at this baby. Oh my goodness. Maybe the submissions are being put in as just submissions instead of a what the mutt and it's confusing, which would be understandable. Yeah, totally understandable. But I still, it's still fun for us to guess because we're so bad at it. Okay. (laughs) This is from anonymous pronouns. They, them, good muse. My kittens are healthy and have all their vaccinations. After the recent sudden loss of my boy Bunter, which I told you about previously, I've been a bit anxious about the brothers I adopted. They were quite healthy, just over six pounds, each at 16 weeks, and Pippin was purring quite loudly during the checkup, such that I had to feed him some churu so the vet could hear properly through the stethoscope. That's funny. (laughs) For pet tags, I've attached to find the cat shot from the veterinarian clinic, 
while a grumpy Mary is clearly visible. I assure you, Pippin is also in this image. There's a hint. Ears. I see him. I see him too. <laughs> oh my God, those are beautiful cats. And that's coming from a, a dog person. Yes. So, so lovely. There they are. Oh, hi, kitty. It looks like my Bruce Willis. Uh, all right. We have uh, next up from uh, Anonymous, pronoun she and her. Greetings, Beans Queens. We're huge fans of the show. We're answering the recent call for more Pitbull picks. Yay. Meet our Dory, a.k.a. the Dozer, based on her penchant for napping and knocking you over for hugs and kisses. Dory came to us from a shelter with leash reactivity and anxiety, which in pit bull breeds can often be mistaken for aggression. We were lucky to find a trainer who specializes in dogs like Dory and has helped us bring out her best qualities and fight the stigma so often associated with pities. Dory now picks up commands quickly, listens well, waits patiently for food and treats, and walks beautifully on a leash. She even knows how to sit immediately after her walks to show us her paws for tick inspection, as pictured here, and can even know her left from her right paw. Oh, my God. Dogs labeled as pit bulls can wait up to three times as long to be adopted from shelters and are the most euthanized breeds. So Dory wants you to look into organizations like Lovable, Love a Bull, get it? Or Second Chance Pet Rescue and consider pit bull adoption or fostering it takes a lot of time energy resources and patience but it's worth it you could wind up with a 55 pound ball of love cuddled up on your lap and save a life erica tyson and dory on instagram dory underscore has underscore fomo (laughs) so dory underscore has underscore fomo oh so sweet oh and you know what my you know everybody knows i think lincoln's bible my friend stephanie from Twitter, they have a rescued Pibble named Aloe, and she's just the sweetest, sweetest baby. So thank you for sending that in. And absolutely, if you can foster or adopt a Pibble, they are the sweetest babies. So, so sweet. All right. This is from Jen Knippenberg, pronoun she, her. After hearing the story of third grader and beer, I decided they must share the story that many overtired, overworked parents may be able to relate to. Quote, every hour is a good time for beer, reminded me of when my nephew, who was in fourth grade at the time, opened his lunchbox to find a can of beer packed in his school lunch. (laughs) Now, a little background. My brother likes his beer, and the fridge at their house is always well-stocked. Cans of beer, pop, etc. My sister-in-law, Stephanie, is very organized, and everything has its assigned place in the house and refrigerator in this case. Nothing's ever out of place. Well, she was working full-time, keeping house, and still managed to make lunches for her husband, my brother, and son every day. One morning, apparently still half asleep, Stephanie opened the fridge, grabbed a can from the door where the soda was typically kept, put it in Danny's lunch without looking. Danny was surprised at school when he opened his lunch to find a can of beer. (laughs) Luckily, he quietly kept it in his lunchbox and took it back home at the end of the day. And now years later, we laugh about it. Lesson learned, sleep is important. Oh, my God. Yeah, imagine if somebody caught him with that beer. That must have been terrifying, walking around with a beer at school all day. <laughs> Jeez, I know. I don't even know how. Third grade. Third grade. That means he's eight. Yeah. Yeah. Good and I, I would have been in third grade half asleep, and I would have opened it and started drinking it no, without, yeah. without looking like, at it. pop tastes funny. Yeah. This is weird. Um, yeah, I wasn't a real beer connoisseur in the third grade yet. So, you know. I would I, I would have been surprised. 
I probably would have spit it all out like Ted Lasso does with seltzer water. Mom, my juice box tastes funny. (laughs) (laughs) They should put, they should make beer in those Capri Sun pouches. Oh my God. Watch the thing explode. Yeah. Here, hold my pouch. That would be great. I don't know. Maybe not. All right. So, um... Can I ask you a question, though? Did you ever, like, totally stab yourself with that pointy straw trying to get the thing? Yeah, that's dangerous shit, Well, man. not to mention the moment it shoots through the Capri Sun, it sprays all over the place because you're <laughs> squeezing the Capri Sun. <laughs> trying yeah. to get the fucking straw in. <laughs> Just really not well thought out. And they kept the design for years. They did. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that is our show. Thank you so much, Dana. It was. It's been. It's been lovely uh, reading the good news and uh, from the from listeners and good news from the you know Eleventh Circuit and Supreme Court and the Fulton County <laughs> Grand Jury. All the other so, things. Yeah, I appreciate that today, and we'll be back tomorrow. And then, of course, I'll have that interview with Elizabeth Cronice McLaughlin on Friday for you. We're going to talk about all of the news of the week plus election results. Any final thoughts, Dana? No, not today. I'm sure I'll have some tomorrow for the holiday. Excellent. Well, until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. And take someone with you. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media.